Hello once again everyone, this is Matty Ice and you've reached another installment of the Soulfully Casual Podcast. Welcome to my new listeners and old. Um, you know, another week has gone by and uh, things are going really well here. But a little bit of business to get out of the way uh, right up front. Uh, connection with the show. I talk about this every time and it's important. So let me just say again, there's three ways to connect with the show and with me. Um, and that is the email address, which is soulfully.casual at gmail.com. The Instagram, which is Soulfully Casual Podcast, and the Twitter, which is at Soulfully Casual. So hit me up on any of those, and I'd love to hear from you. Um, one thing I talked about at the beginning of the year is uh, how part of what makes this show the show is me. And so far, the people that I know who have tuned in, um, some of them from across the world, but the ones that I know who I've, I've spoken to, um, they are tuning in because of who I am. And I realized that while I wanted to redo the show and think about different ways that the show could be done, um, that will come in time. But I think what is important now is a little bit of transparency about me. And I think learning who I am and giving you some some details about who I am to continue uh, you tuning in because of, you know, getting to know me and hopefully I getting to know you. Uh, I thought it was cool to do something a little bit different. The last few episodes have been some serious stuff with some election talk and this January 6th stuff. And then I threw something in there about habits and how we could do better and all that. And those are good things. And I want to uh, keep doing some of those serious uh, you know, moments to give you something to think about. But ultimately, let's have some fun, right? This is why I'm doing it, to have a little fun. It's why the holidays are so much fun. Because we always eat this food that we don't normally eat. And... While that is the case for me, um, food has been an interesting, complicating factor in my life. And when I thought about you know, things that I could talk about to let you get to know me better, food was a perfect example because my story arc, if you will, of my nearly 38 years as a human being has had a lot of ups and downs when it comes to food. Um, just So when I grew up, you know, I was never a big kid necessarily, but I, uh, I always had a, a pudgy problem, if you will. I always wore husky clothes. I was never the in-shape kid, despite the fact that I played outside all the time. I played sports, I played baseball, I played basketball, I tried football, and had I known what I know now then, I probably would have succeeded in football, but also now knowing about all the CTE and concussion things, I'm kind of glad that I didn't. But I was active. Uh, Growing up in the time that I did, I was probably one of the last generations who almost exclusively played outside. Uh, full disclosure, I have had video games in my life since you know I was eight years old. My parents bought the first Nintendo and admittedly they played it as much as I did, but I've always been a gamer. But even back then, I lived in a neighborhood, I was fortunate to live in a neighborhood in which there was a lot of kids that were my age. Every house that was pretty much surrounding us was filled with kids that were either within my age or within like two or three years. There was always somebody to play with, always somebody to hang out with. And even up until I went to college, I still hung out with a lot of those people because they were in my neighborhood. That's what you did. But so much of that has changed now. And I mean, even in the neighborhood that I live now, I don't really know my neighbors and they don't really know me. It's kind of a mutual thing. I don't know if that's regional or if that's something that just, just happened over the course of time as the country has started to become different and different as each year goes on. But either way, uh, we knew all of our neighbors back then. Um, I lived in a relatively small town. I mean, it's small now when I look at it compared to the places that I've lived since. 
but there are a lot smaller towns in this country. But um, I, I had a lot of friends. I played hockey. We played football. We played, you know, wiffle ball, all that good stuff. And I was constantly outside. Even when my friends weren't around, I was outside. I had a basketball hoop and I would play. So I was active. Uh, but, you know, when I was growing up, my mom during the 90s went through that phase that a lot of people went through where they were dieting constantly. It's when Weight Watchers was becoming big and my meth father was doing it too. But my mom was also working for a gym and it was a Gold's gym and she was working out so much. And I think uh, she had become a little bit, and I hate to use this word, but obsessed, I think with uh, her appearance, her obsessed with how much she was eating and what she was eating. And, you know, it's, it's inevitable when you are doing that kind of a thing to not take it home with you or to not have it bleed into other aspects of your life. And uh, it's funny when my wife and I talk about the things that we grew up on. So much of it I didn't actually grow up on. You know, there's so many things that I didn't have as a kid because I wasn't allowed. I didn't have my first uh, real soda till I was almost in college. Um, you know, there were so many different snacks that she's had or in other people that I've had that I don't even know what they are or didn't know what they know what they are until I was an adult and can buy them. And that really developed a weird relationship with food. Uh, I think it's just like anything. When you are told you can't have something or when something is taken away from you, uh, you want it more. Or by the time you get it, you binge on it. And, you know, I was again, I wasn't fat but I wasn't skinny either. I've never been skinny. I just don't have those genes. And through high school, you know, I maintained relatively the same weight. Uh, I always wanted to lose weight, but I was, you know, always hovering at like 200 pounds. I'm 5'11". And I got to college and the reins were completely taken off because there was nobody there to tell me that I couldn't have anything. And that manifested itself in many, many different ways. Um, but when it came to food, I started having things that I never could have. I mean, even just as simple as like a candy bar or Pop-Tarts, like I would have them, but I could have them anytime I wanted. I could eat anything that I wanted at any time. And exactly what I said could happen in a situation like that happened for me. And I binged and they, I think the, I don't know what it is now, but the term back then was the freshman 15 and geez, I probably gained like the freshman 20 or 25. And I got it under control for a little bit. Uh, and, you know, by the time I graduated college, I was a little bit better off. But when I got my first job, you know, working in um, here in the, the DMV, as they call it, or the, the Washington, D.C. area, um, you know, I got a desk job and I started to completely lose control. The eating that I had was completely ridiculous. I mean, it had even gotten to the point where I had considered getting not one, but two burritos at Chipotle. And anybody who's ever had a burrito at Chipotle, you know that that is insane. Like, that's athletes eat that stuff. And I was not an athlete. Um, and, you know, I had people that loved me telling me that they were concerned about me. Uh, my parents told me, uh, you know, so my parents cried telling me. And I just kind of, you know, laughed it off and, and didn't think anything of it. I thought they were being parents and being overprotective. So uh, a turning point in my life, both physically and mentally, was in, um, in February of 2010. I came home from work one night. And yeah, you know, I just felt weird all day, but I came home from work. I had something to eat and I just felt really weird. Uh, my chest was felt like it was caving in. You know, I really couldn't breathe all that much. And it was just the weirdest feeling. I'd never felt it before. And I didn't go to the hospital because when you are the way that I was, 
the doctor is not your friend, and I was afraid of ever going to the doctor for the reasons you could probably think of. So I went to bed, and I woke up the next morning, and it was just the weirdest thing. I told my roommate about it at the time, and he said, you have to go to the doctor and get that checked out. Like, you could be lucky that you're alive. So I had a doctor back then. Um, I'd only been to them once, and I went, and I told him what happened. And they basically looked at me and said, you are lucky to be alive because you had a minor heart attack. So think about that. I was 27 at the time uh, and I had a minor heart attack and went to bed and I didn't even realize what was going on. And they said, you're lucky that it's the kind of heart attack that, you know, was so mild that you are where you are. And it's basically a miracle is what they said. Like I should have died and I didn't. And it still took me a little bit of time to process that. Uh, and then one day I was at work and there was an ad for Weight Watchers. And I kind of took that as a sign. Um, and I signed up. Well, when I got there the first day, it was just, you know, I, I, I was scared of what I was going to see. But I kind of had an idea. Like, there was some part of me that had a realistic idea of what I was doing to myself. But I was in so much denial about it that, um, you know, I just... I didn't really have a clue. So I stepped on the scale and I was 312 pounds. I was shocked, I was mortified, and uh, I was scared. And it was just, it was such a slap in the face to see that. And to think about that number, I think about that number all the time. Um, and I think about this heart attack that I had had and it all kind of came to me in that moment that if I was ever gonna get my life together, this was the time. And then the doctor had also said, if you don't change something, you are going to die much earlier than you want. And, you know, I'm 27. And anybody who's, you know, been through some things, you know, when you're in your 20s, you kind of feel invincible. You feel like this is the time that I can do stupid things and, and, and live my life the way that I want. And that immortality was sucked away so quickly. And I can't even describe to you what that felt like because I'm 27 years old, like I shouldn't have to be contemplating my mortality, should I? Well, I did. And I got my life together. And I started completely changing everything, completely eating differently, exercising, and, and just, I realized that it was the time, like if I ever was gonna be motivated to turn things around, it would have to be that. And I did. And I lost a ton of weight. Uh, but along the way, I developed uh, something new. You know, I developed a thirst of, for being active and a thirst for uh, wanting to be good at something. It was about the end of 2010 when a friend of mine who, uh, you know, I really don't have a relationship with now, but I'll always remember this. He uh, called me up one day and was like, hey, you know, I saw this uh, running race. Would you like to do it? And it was called the Warrior Dash. It was in Pennsylvania. He and his wife were going to do it and they wanted to know if I wanted to go with them because it'd be fun. And at the time, I hated running. I really was one of those people who always jokingly said, I'll only run if I'm being chased. And I didn't want to do it. But I realized, you know what? This whole thing is, is different than I ever thought it would be. So I did it. And I trained for it, so to speak. I started going to the treadmill. I started trying to figure out how long distances were and just sort of making myself uncomfortable. Like the first times that I started running, oh my God, I felt so bad. Um, and I just kept going with it. And the event came and went, and it was one of the best days of my life up until that point. And I fell in love again. 
or I should say I fell in love. Um, I fell in love with being active. I fell in love with running. And I knew this was something that I needed to dedicate my time for because I had a passion for it. Um, it felt like a calling at that point in my life. Because I think that people say like that, I don't have a calling, but I think people can have different callings at different times. And this was that time for me. And it went from there. Uh, I started signing up for races, doing 5Ks, 10Ks. Um, by the time that April had flipped around, I did a 10 miler. I did a half marathon the, the later in 2011. And it got to a point where I, I realized what I had to do. And I had to run a marathon. And so I signed up for the Chicago Marathon, which if uh, you know anything about running, it's, it's one of the biggest uh, marathons in the world. And I went and trained and, and did everything. And my mom was there. I had some friends there. And uh, it was not my best performance, but I finished. And I realized that day that my life was changed forever. Um, a little thing about me is, you know, being a marathon runner, uh, it meant a lot to me. It still means a lot to me. Um, so after that, uh, everything felt like it opened up for me. I felt like I had finally come to know myself. And it was through not just the success of doing it, but the adversity that happened during it, of my legs cramping so badly that I was literally peeling myself off the pavement at one point because it hurt so badly I couldn't even stand. And it opened up something inside me. It opened up a, a, a thirst for being good at something and for always striving for something. And it just escalated from there. I started doing uh, more races. I did more marathons. And, and we're now in 2021. That was nine years ago that I did uh, the, the Chicago Marathon. And I'm now a seven-time marathoner. I think I did more than 30 half marathons. And unfortunately, because of uh, genetic hip arthritis, I don't really run anymore. But I look back at that point in my life, and uh, it, it brings me a lot of joy. And even during that period, I met my wife during that period, and uh, she was there for, you know, probably most of my marathons, honestly. Um, and that makes, you know, those are memories that I'll always have. And they're memories that, you know, when my son becomes old enough, I want him to understand that that's the story arc of his father. So, but even now, uh, you know, five years ago, I took up boxing, and, you know, I always want to put my best forward. And that's what I do with this show. You know, this is now the passion of mine at this point in my life. And, um, you know, along with being a father, along with being a husband and, you know, also other things. But I mean, this is what feels like it's the calling for me. It's why I put so much work into it. And it's all because of all of that. It's all because I started out with a weird relationship with food. And it's so much freeing, to be honest, now knowing that I understand that so much better. But along the way, I met so many people who struggled with what I did. I met so many people who, uh, you know, never could quite get a grasp on why they couldn't lose weight or why they were who, you know, the way that they were. And and it was so freeing to understand why, you know, I, I was the way that I was with food. And for me, and I think this is true for a lot of people, I, I can be an emotional eater. And a lot of times I don't eat when I'm upset. I eat when I'm happy. And that's to me is a lot harder because when you're happy, you just really want to go to town and indulge yourself in whatever it is that your advice is. So when I'm happy and I'm happy a lot, uh, my first instinct is to go get something to eat, something ooey gooey or you know pizza or whatever. But I've realized now that while I can do that, I can't 
do it the way that I used to, that my emotional eating needs to be held in check. Because as somebody who used to be almost addicted to food, to be honest, you know, I have to, wa I have to watch out. This last holiday season that we just went through, uh, leading in, I had you know lost some weight because my wife and I wanted to get back to a better uh, version of ourselves after we you know gained weight after our son was born. Um, you know, she obviously gained weight for having the baby and then wanted to take it off and feel you know much better about herself. And I had gained weight almost in solidarity, and we just did not feel right. And that's one thing that I've learned is you don't lose weight because you want to look a certain way or or, or please somebody. Uh, lose weight because you want to feel good and so coming into the holiday season i felt like i'd earned it and i knew i wanted to go in and, and indulge on the things that i liked and it's funny uh in other years i'm i'm much less cognizant about doing that like it just sort of happens i think with the holidays you you start with thanksgiving and you're eating all the heavy carb stuff and then office parties friend parties for christmas and all the family gatherings and you're just sort of eating because it's like, oh, I haven't had Aunt Sally's bread in a while and, you know, since last year and, and all that. And this year, I went in with a purpose of doing this. And yet, by the end of it, I felt like I had had, I'd had enough. And I'm, you know, feeling better having eaten, you know, better now. And it's amazing how much my relationship with food has changed. That while I'm an emotional eater, I think the period of time that I went through, you know, almost dying... Uh, losing all of that weight, gaining weight back, you know, all of that has made me come to understand and, um, and, and change the way that I view food. While I love uh, so much food, like I, I'm not somebody who, who doesn't like a lot of things. There are certain things like eggs, you can take a walk. But for the most part, I love so many different things. And uh, I just get to a point where I'm eating for the sake of eating. And I never had that level of intuition before. To me, there's a freedom in knowing that. And to me, there's a freedom of being cognizant of everything that I put in my mouth, not to make myself feel bad, but to never get to that level of denial where I can let myself get as bad as I was. I will always remember the way that I felt. And whenever I see somebody who is really overweight, and even if they you know, come off as seeming happy, I know what they're feeling. I know how much self-pity goes into looking that way and feeling that way because at some point everything hurts. You feel so much less of yourself than you, you, you do when you are at least looking better in terms of like, you know, weighing less and fitting into better clothes. And another thing that I know, and this is true, and anybody who, you know, is realizing that they do this, forgive yourself because I think it's natural, but the way other people viewed me was, was so different. I think a lot of people see somebody who struggles with weight and depending on their perspective in life, I think we all look at them in some level of shame, especially if we're somebody who is quote unquote in shape or has never really had to deal with it. And it's hard because you're judging a person based off of something that may not be something that they can control. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. But I remember feeling that. I remember feeling how different things got. The more weight I lost, the better I looked objectively. I noticed how many people treated me differently. And it was eye-popping. It really, really was. Because you'd like to think that the people that were in your life were in your life because they liked you. But I found out a lot of people were in my life because they knew they were better than me. Or at least they felt better than me. And then the better I got, the worse they started feeling about themselves. 
So I know how people feel when they, you know, feel uncomfortable in their bodies or when they feel like they are not the maximum version of themselves. And so if you're listening to this and you're somebody who has struggled with weight loss ever, um, you know, don't, don't fret. There is always a fresh start. And I said that in my episode on uh, New Year's Eve, there's always a fresh start. You can change your life. You can turn around your life anytime you want. I am living proof of that. I'm a living embodiment of somebody who was given a second chance, an actual second chance, and I took advantage of it. And you can too. And all those feelings that go along with not being comfortable in your own skin, not feeling like, you know, comfortable in your own clothes, all that, I understand all of it. And it's natural, it's human, but you have to push through it. And you have to know that when you put the work in, that that feeling of of you know, feeling better about yourself, that self-fulfillment of, of feeling like you have accomplished something, it's right around the corner. So turn your life around. And if you're not quite there yet, that's all right. You will have that moment. And if you want to connect with me on it, I'm always here. So that's kind of how I've gotten to where I am. Uh, my passion for podcasting is born of figuring out my relationship with food and becoming a marathon runner because it opened up so many mental pathways for me to just put myself into what I'm doing so that I can be the best at it and always put out a good product or a good performance. And I thought it was something that'd be interesting now when everybody's thinking about weight loss and trying to lose weight and just being a more healthy person. Uh, There's different levels of healthy, but I have gone through many phases of it and come out the other side a, a better person and evolved person and ultimately a more in shape and just mentally uh, more fit person despite other struggles that I have. So if you're out there listening, there's always the next day. I know that you can do it. And if you know somebody who's struggling with it, try to show them some empathy. Try to understand how they could be feeling because a lot of times it's chemical and it's really difficult to not eat. You have to eat. So try and give them a little bit of uh, grace because I think we could all use that. Uh, this was just another episode about me. Uh, next we'll get, you know, next episode we'll get back to some more topical things, but I really appreciate you listening. I hope you learned something about me and I hope that anybody who's out there who can relate uh, was touched by this and it, you know, was, um, was relevant for some of you. So thank you again for tuning in. I want to remind you to connect with the show. Um, the email again is soulfully.casual.gmail.com. The Instagram soulfully casual podcast and the Twitter is at soulfully casual. Thank you again for listening. And as always, I will see you all down the road.